Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on the C-Suite Radio Network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, Revenue Growth Architect, helping great companies accelerate revenue growth. What are your growth goals? Where do you want to take your company? You know, now is not the time to give up on your dreams. Instead, I believe now is the time to strategize and plan. There's no question that for most businesses, the landscape has shifted with this crisis. However, change almost always brings new opportunities. And the question now is, will you be positioned to take advantage of these opportunities? The Revenue Growth Podcast is dedicated to sparking marketing and sales ideas that can help you grow. I'm passionate about helping great companies grow, and in the coming years, I want to see a whole new crop of businesses on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies. And all of this starts with a dream and a plan. We're getting closer every day to the launch of the Revenue Growth Engine book on June 9th. Over the last month, I've been editing the chapters to make sure they're even more relevant to our current situation, and I'm excited to share this book with you. You can get a sneak peek preview of the first few chapters right now at revenuegrowthengine.net. Well, today's conversation is going to be very practical. We're going to explore the critical role of sales management. Rene Zamora is the author of Part-Time Sales Management. He helps companies solve the sales management dilemma, especially in small companies where the owner needs to play the role of a sales manager. Rene identifies five core elements of sales management, and he's built them into a very practical system. I think you'll find these ideas are not only great for small businesses, but they're also very applicable to anybody in a full-time sales management position. I think you're going to get a lot from this conversation with Renee. So grab a pen and a notepad and let's get ready to learn. Well, Renee, welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. It's so great to have you here today. I'm revved up. Let's go well, I'll tell you what, a huge part of the revenue growth engine is sales management. And, and I've, I've been really looking forward to our conversation. Um, I'm a recovering sales manager myself. I'm, I'm in therapy twice a week and it's going really well. All sales right, management is a, it's a tough job. Well, it can be <laughs> unless you're like some, like someone like me, who's a little crazy. We love it. <laughs> no, that's, that's good. It, 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 I have an incredible respect for all the sales leaders listening in and also um, business owners who are without a sales leader and find themselves um, in the position of, of managing their salespeople. Uh, you know, I, I, my heart goes out to to all of you because I've been in that role and it, it, it can be a very challenging role. And Renee, when, when I first came across uh, you and your work, which uh, by the way, thank you for your book, The uh, Part-Time Sales Management. I think that is such, it's one of those practical, helpful uh, books I've seen in a long time because it actually brings sales management down to uh, a company that may not have had a sales manager before 
or, mm-hmm. or really struggle to find one. Tell me a little bit about kind of the, the genesis of this whole concept of the part-time sales manager. Well, I'm stoked that you're able to p- pull that out of there because the, the genesis is, was my company, Sales Manager Now. So I didn't start out to want to write a book. Uh, I was uh, in sales and sales management for most of my career. And as you grow in corporate, sometimes you spit out when there's mergers and acquisitions. And after mm-hmm. six acquisitions, I was out. And so I decided to do some training, leadership and team training. Did that for about five years, really got helped help a lot of leaders understand how to manage. And actually, I was learning more, um, I don't know, more sound practices as I was teaching everyone to kind of relate to my natural ability. Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't know where it was leading to, but um, then I just kind of, I got a little bit tired of um, not being able to do more with those teams. I was a trainer. They, they said goodbye. I was lonely. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they left. And so uh, I... Uh, a trainer anyway. with no one to train. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, so I think that eventually I wanted to do something more with teams again. I coached youth a lot. and I missed yeah. that team. And so really, there was a really a dry spell in my life where I didn't know where I should be going. Uh, I'm a man that likes to pray and look for guidance from uh-huh. higher places. And after about six months of just intent prayer that um, someone came up to me and said, you should be a sales manager for small businesses. I, it was like really weird. And I just said, I'm going to do that. And then yeah, yeah. the first time I met the person, their husband gave me my company name the next day. This other guy that I just befriended about uh, eight months earlier who had been in this prayer with me, he said, man, I think I know who your first client is. And he secured my first client a week later. And so sales manager now started in 2006. And it basically was, we wanted to provide, I wanted to provide a sales management to small businesses that don't normally have a sales manager. So those salespeople can grow, have someone focused on intentionally wanting them to grow as a person, as a salesperson, and then uh, the team in general to grow uh, with more salespeople. Mm -hmm. And that's what I found was, um, as I, I didn't know it, at the time, but after 14 years now, I found that that's where a lot of companies that have promise have have a solid business, but how do I grow the people in the team? And really you need, (laughs) you needed someone who knows how to do that, or you need to know how to do that. And that's what what came down to the book. I said, I can't, I can't be in all the millions of companies out there, but this book can show an owner how to manage effectively in five key areas and only do it in 10 to 20 hours a month. Cause we, I was sharing my time. That's what I was doing. I'm not full time. Right. So I wanted to just pass it on and that's how the book came about. I think that's so good. I, I, I reflect back on my career and I think the two made two of the most intimidating days of my career. One was my first day in sales and going out and making that first sales call, <laughs> you know, going just like, freezing going, what am I supposed to say? The second was the morning uh, after I got promoted to be sales manager and walking into the empty sales management office, putting my stuff in the desk, sitting down and going, what do I do now? (laughs) You know, because the skills of a sales rep are very different than the skills of a sales manager. And, and I think that, that, um, whether whether you have whether you are a sales manager listening in or whether you're a business owner at a smaller company that doesn't have a sales manager, um, developing those skills, the habits, and the processes around sales management is is an extremely critical role in your organization yeah. because salespeople need 
leadership. They need management. They need help. And uh, without that, you're going to, you know, sales is going to be a revolving door, right? You know, and I think that uh, one of the paradigms that's out there is that these salespeople don't want to, they don't want someone to micromanage them to, you know, be in their business. So that's almost a belief to get stuck in some owners. Right. They really want someone to manage them, but they're afraid that if they bring in someone who's, you know, too forceful, that, right. you know, it's going to blow up on them. And um, it's not the case. Everyone, yeah. everyone enjoys a good leader. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, yeah. Now, no one enjoys a bad leader. No, but, right. Exactly. But a good leader is, is really, really important. And so I started uh, reading your book, and I, I think it's, once again, I, I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, it's super practical, super practical. And you boil it down to five core elements mm-hmm. of the sales management system. And um, and, and so I'd love to, I'd love it if you'd unpack some of those for us this afternoon. I, it, the, uh, the five elements, by the way, um, and you're going to want to, if you're listening in and you own a company or, or involved in leading a sales team, you're definitely going to want that. And I think we also have some salespeople listening in who might aspire to sales management, right. but you said, uh, the five core elements are beliefs, expectations, accountability, meeting, and conversations. So, but it all begins with beliefs. So unpack that for us for for a minute. What do you What do you mean by beliefs when it comes to sales management? Well, um, I think that all of us in our lives can reflect on a time when someone said, "You can do it. I believe in you." Yeah. And the, the energy and the confidence that that instills in us, um, it just it's I don't know can't can't quantify it can't tell you mm-hmm. how to say it but when mm-hmm. someone genuinely believes in someone other people know that and they tend to respond in a way that wants to meet that belief or yeah. if they are they'll be more reflective and saying like why do you say that and or I need help and so all of a sudden now you have an open dialogue to talk about that you mm-hmm. know and so it, it starts uh, um, that belief is very powerful the same belief about these guys don't work hard enough. Mm. They don't enter their data. You know, I don't know what they're doing out there is they're always, you know, giving discounts. Um, you know, all those negative beliefs I, I talk about in the book also work the opposite because no matter how cheery you are or paycheck you hand out, yeah. people know if you kind of have a little negative bent. And the reason is they know is it comes out in behaviors and attitudes and expressions mm-hmm. um, that people read. And you might not ever talk about them but they're picking up on that. And so today every owner is either helping their sales team sell more or uh, holding it back based on their belief. And so chapter one kind of addresses that and which, um, you know, which owners are want to take that seriously uh, or not. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really amazing that if you think about it, first of all, sales is an incredibly mentally, emotionally, it's a tough, job. I mean, the yeah. level of rejection um, is really hard. And and I don't care how hardcore of a sales rep you are and, and how you know much you aced the personality profile for whatever uh, sales job that you're in. The reality is um, just the number of at-bats where you strike out in sales and the rejection and the postponement, the disappointment it makes it tough. And so many salespeople then go back to the office 
and they get more stuff piled on top of them, right? Right, right. But that's kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you own a business to do that it, to your salespeople. It is, and, and, and they're unaware. Owners are unaware of it when uh, they call us and um, hire us to be, you know, their sales manager. They're unaware mm-hmm. of it, and it's totally justified. None of us wake up in the morning saying, you know, I want to be, uh, I want to be wrong today. Right. So once, once that belief <laughs> takes seed, then we just kind of work towards being right about it. And it's weird. It's an unconscious thing. Um, now, uh, I was going to say, but it's also understandable to me. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're an owner out there, uh, if your salespeople, if you haven't had the right structure in place to help your salespeople be their best, then they're not going to be their best. And they are going to show you things that are weak and they're going to show you things that are frustrating to you. And over mm-hmm. time, you probably did hope and believe in them. And then... Mm-hmm. When results just don't happen consistently or you hire the wrong people, you can't, you get worn down. Yeah. And and so you protect yourself and you know, you don't want to do that again and waste more money on another person. And so I totally get it. And so, um, you know, when I work with owners, we work on that first. It doesn't come away easy. Yeah. We hire us uh, in as their sales manager. Then uh, they just kind of watch us and notice that she's, they just, you know, they, they, they see our belief and they kind of can come along a little easier. That's really, really cool. Um, expectations was the second part of the core elements of the sales mm-hmm. management system. Um, I'm curious to hear what your twist is on that because salespeople have a lot of expectations. I mean, the right. obvious one is, you know, crush your quota, right? But right. when you think about expectations of reps in terms of the sales management system, what's going on inside your mind? Um, well, it, it's, it's pretty clear, you know, the word is what it is. And so what do we expect? The real, the reason I put it in there is because, um, there was a story, one of my um, teams that I took over when I was still in corporate world, you know, this team had traditionally not met quota for months and, uh, some uh, acquisition came in, old management went out, I came in and we set a lot of, I'm, I've just been always a goal setter. I, I was teaching my peers how to set goals when I was in my 20s, you know, just because that's what I like to do. Yeah. And um, so anyway, uh, we set goals. We fixed a lot of things in the system. We bet, made better service, brought in new programs. We did a lot of things to help everyone be successful. And yeah. then we got on track after six months. And after about a year later, we had hit 11 out of 12 months of our sales goals. And I asked my sales manager at that time, you know, what, we did all this stuff. What was the most important thing we did? Do you think it helped us be successful? He goes, well, we now know what the goal is. <laughs> so basically, yeah. knowing what, now you might say as an owner, I've told them what the goal is, or maybe you say, I never do. There's more than just stating it. There's more than just putting it on a business plan. People know what's expected when you inspect it or talk about it regularly then it becomes an important expectation. So Mm -hmm. first off, clarifying, but if you're not consistent in your message of that, then people just kind of, oh, they don't, I guess, uh, (laughs) right. (laughs) I didn't do it last week. We don't talk about it. So that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) It reminds me, (laughs) the industry that I came out of had, uh, it was kind of a weird mix of offerings. Like one one part of it was a, a like 30 day sales cycle it, and on a hardware piece. And the other was like this really long sophisticated cycle on software and solutions, but yeah. the hardware wasn't quite so profitable. The software is very profitable. And so we always joked thinking about expectations, like on the first day of the month, it's like 
sell software, sell solutions. (laughs) You get down to that last week of the month, it's like, sell hardware, sell hardware, you know? (laughs) And and I mean, it's just like, it was so funny inside sales organizations. It can be kind of schizophrenic as a sales rep, you know, we got this mixed message all the time in terms of what we were supposed to be doing, what we're supposed to be aiming at. And I think consistently communicating and, and setting those expectations is it, it would have been nice back then. <laughs> I mean, it was you know, just so frenetic. And you know, Daryl, it's in, it's in a it's in a conversation the way like we are like in our sales meetings. It's just you know, um, it's not about hammering. It's not about embarrassing. It's not about that old um, old school stuff. You yeah, know, <laughs> coffees for closers. It's not that one. Okay, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's just about uh, the, everyone's an adult, and if you tell them hey. what's important, what's expected, you expect it. And either they live up to it or they don't. And if they don't, they, they might need help or they just might need to have another job. Nothing personal. Yeah. It's very easy that way. Well, and that flows into the accountability side of this. And I, you yes. know, one of my observations about sales managers, and once again, I'm a, I'm a recovering sales manager and I got thrown from a sales territory all of a sudden into a management office. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted everybody to like me. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons I was such a terrible sales manager. I'll just go ahead and say it is okay. I wanted, I wanted everybody, I wanted to get along with everybody, but there's an accountability component to this that is really critical. And, and, uh, in your system, how do you think about accountability? What are the important components of that for a um, sales manager? The first, your, your mindset as a sales manager is uh, believing that you are not holding people accountable. You are trying to create an environment where people hold themselves accountable. Oh, I like I'm, my business model is constantly, I, I'm profitable if I'm managing a team in less and less time and they're selling more and more. So just my driver in me is how do I create, how do I do that is not become the taskmasters by having built, developing a taskmaster within each person. And so um, it, how do we do that? How do you do that? Um, I mentioned one thing, consistency of bringing up key metrics of what's important. That could either be weekly or monthly. Um, treating people that way, letting them own it. When you clearly, I mean, job descriptions aren't always done well. And so you have to be very, it starts there. Clearly define the job description, clear define what, uh, what are the leading indicators that lead to sales, what activity they should be doing, how much, as well as the sales. Monitoring those, um, those metrics. And then when you go a little deeper, you actually monitor the quality within each of those metrics you start evaluating those people and evaluating those things. And then you teach your salespeople in your one-on-ones. You're saying, tell me what you see. What does it tell you to do? Hmm. Okay. You teach them how to look at the numbers. And that's an, that's a step that doesn't happen. People just use numbers to dictate instead of teach people how to read the numbers and make decisions. That's real. I love that. That's that in my experience has been rare. And so that's, that's really powerful. The last two um, components, we're talking about meetings and conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that uh, you know, one, of the, one of the best things I've seen sales managers do is, is develop a regular cadence of check-ins, one-on-ones with the reps. I, you know, one of the things, probably the best part of uh, the thing I'm most proudest, uh, most proudest, most proud of as a sales manager is um, is is going out in the field with reps and and really getting involved side by side with them and and having those 
those um, those field ride days, those were, mm-hmm. in my p- opinion, some of the most productive times. When you think of the types of meetings a sales leader should have with their team, what are what are what are you thinking in that area? Three areas I, I, I teach and, and practice, and one is your weekly sales meeting. Got to have it. Yep. I have a weekly sales meeting with one client who has one salesperson. Right. <laughs> Welcome we to the sales meeting. Week. We still have a weekly sales meeting. Basically, he gets a one-on-one, right? Yeah. Every week. Sure. Yeah. Um, they're shorter meetings. We don't have to go an hour and try to fill up time. Of course. Um, so you have, a, you have a weekly sales meeting. You have a monthly one-on-one meeting that uh, covers that meeting is more strategic and, you know, focus in on that individual's reps um, mm-hmm. activity. And that's where a lot more teaching can go on one-on-one teaching. Uh, also in those uh, team meetings, you're always talking team. You're not trying to, um, you know, ridicule anyone. It's all about the team number, the team goal. They, you show individual numbers, they can see it. They're not looking at their buddy's number. <laughs> They're looking at theirs. Right. Um, top team. Anyway, so then the last meeting is impromptu. You need to be available to um, meet with people when they need you and put your attention aside and listen. Now, as an owner, I understand you are not available to put your attention aside every minute. So the skill that most owners I teach is when they come in, you know, and they need you and you can't give them that time, just say, hey, great. Hey, I'm a little swamped, but I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, how about what your schedule look like in an hour? Make that appointment. Don't try to squeeze it in when you can't listen. Make the appointment to listen and it'll be so much more valuable. Those impromptu meetings will go down. They won't increase, they'll go down because you're taking care of business solving problems. Yeah, that's good. That is really good. The last, last component's conversations and, um, I think you know, being a sales sales manager. If you're if you're a sales leader listening in, um, it's a tough job. I know you know a lot of sales leaders, and I'm I'm thinking in terms of larger companies that have dedicated sales leaders. I, a lot of times, there's a line at the door, right? That I'm literally, and um, you know, talk to me about when you think of the conversation component of this. What's uh, what, what advice you could give to sales leaders that are out there? I think I said it earlier is you, you have to, well, there's a general purpose on every interaction I have with a salesperson. I know my purpose is to help them sell more. Mm-hmm. Nothing, everything I do needs to lead up to helping them sell more, not make them sell more. Okay. So with that, that starts your first ground of being, and then you're just commitment to say, when they need me, I will make time available in my business. When I started this shared management, I told myself I will not book over 50% of my week with meetings because I need to be available for the 25 salespeople out there that might need me. Now, here's an interesting fact. When you talked about, there could be a line outside your door. Yeah. If you're, if you're doing their cadence and weekly meetings, and those are effective problem-solving meetings as well as mm-hmm. accountability. If you're doing your monthly one-on-ones and you're available, and they know you are, and you help build up better support department communication. My phone and email does not ring very much. That's good. I, I do not get 25 impromptu calls. Uh, <laughs> I, I, That's beautiful. My job is to empower people to make the decisions I hired them to make. And if I'm making those decisions for them, Shame on me. I just decided to be frustrated. 
Wow. Boy, I wish you were around 20 years ago when I walked into that <laughs> office, the sales manager, because I, I learned a lot of stuff the hard way. And yeah. I, I um, you know, I think that once again, I think what you've done with this book is, is fantastic because there are so many business people, business owners that are listening in that um, don't have a big enough sales team to warrant a sales manager. And even if you could figure out how to make that budget work, right. trying to find one would be nearly impossible. So, what, what advice, if, if, I, you were, if I was a small business owner you were talking to and I was struggling, maybe my sales team wasn't hitting their goal or maybe it was just a bit of a revolving door, what, you know, what would you say, what should I do to, to get, get things lined up? What are some of the first steps I'd take? First thing that comes to mind is just uh, getting in a room and just saying, uh, and it might take a few meetings for them to trust you on this, depending mm-hmm. on what communication you have. Is it What's getting in your way, guys? And I'm going to listen right now. I'm not going to defend. I'm not going to defend other departments. I'm not going to defend myself. I'm not going to do anything. I just want to hear what you believe is getting in your way from selling more. And because it could be internal, it could be pricing, it could be service, it could be them. And you listen. And then you have a second meeting. You say, this is what I heard at the last meeting. I just want to ask you once again, the same question. Was there anything else that came up? that is getting in your way, okay? And um, then you can discern as the owner, where some owners get in the habit of just trying to make salespeople happy. Okay, I gotta fix all these things. Well, they might give you a list of six things, but really three things need to get fixed and three things they need to just get over. Right. Okay. But <laughs> the so, price one's always going to come up, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, the price is too high. Right. <laughs> so you don't have to fix everything, but that's why I say do one meeting and then do a second meeting. Take that information back, sit in your room and look at it. Think about it. Get some feedback from your other department heads, get their input, and then come back to that team and says, we're going to work on these three things. We're going to work on all six of these things. This is my timetable. We're going to get them fixed. When people know that you are committed to helping them get road hurdles and roadblocks out of the way, they can run fast. Think of a NASCAR race. They take all the little pebbles and stuff off the road because mm-hmm. a car gets derailed. Same thing in sales. There's so many things in their way, potholes, and they can't run fast. And so my, whenever I go in, I'm, I'm trying to take away the hurdles make, and then make sure they have the tools. You know, they're not running, not riding a bicycle tire on their car. They actually have car right. tires and um, remove the hurdle roadblocks, give them the tools. Now it's up to them, but you got to do that first. Got to do that first. Well, I, I just, I, first of all, thank you. I really appreciate you sharing time this, this afternoon and, and this conversation has been really insightful and I, uh, part-time sales management for small business sales teams. I've not seen a book like this. I think this book really is going to be helpful to uh, some of the small business owners listening in. But as, as I've been going through this book, uh, even though it's addressed to small business owners, I think any sales leader out there would benefit from a, a trip through this book. And uh, just hearing your perspective on on empowering people, listening to people, and and that right there is, is dynamite in terms of creating a high performance sales team. I'm going to do one little thing for you, corporate managers out there. If you get the book now, it's going to teach you how to like not to be able to manage in less time. So you got to pretend like you're busy the other time. Okay. So they don't give you more stuff. <laughs> well, look, you know, I, I think that for, for all of that, and, and that's actually super. And, and when you were talking about getting rid of the line at your door, 
uh, as a sales manager, that right there uh, should, uh, you know, I, I would walk, not run to your <laughs> online bookstore. And because if you can get rid of the line, what that does allow you to do actually frees up the time to think and plan and strategize. And, you know, in, in terms of the revenue growth engine, to um, be thinking about how do we, you know, what strategies do we need to put in place to grow sales, to do more cross-sell, to, you know, so uh, to align with marketing and make sure everything is mm. built out. So Big. I think that a lot of sales managers, in fact, I know this because I've, I've talked to them and, and I've observed it, is they don't have time to think strategically because of the line going out the door. And mm. so get, get that lined up and then you're going to, create the space you need to actually be excellent at your job. And uh, I think that's exciting. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. Thank you for sharing time with us. Uh, We'll make sure to put your contact information in the show notes and uh, definitely get the book part-time sales management for small business sales teams. Even if you're a big business, I think you're really going to benefit from this book and uh, I, th- you know, I love this conversation today is this is all about driving and thriving. And one of the things that we really need to do and, and all of my friends at the C-suite network, are, we're all aligned in saying, you know what, as we're coming out of this crisis, it's never been more important for all of us to get strategic. And even as sales leaders, you know, what I'm inspired by today is freeing up the space to develop have time to sit down and think and develop the strategy going forward because we just hit a windy road. It's going to take some creativity. It's going to take some strategy and uh, we've got to free up the time and the headspace to be able to do it. So Renee, thanks for giving us the tools to do that to everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. I I really, really am glad that our paths crossed and I know our audience is going to benefit from it. Uh, To everyone in the audience, I just want to say thank you. It's been uh, so much fun engaging in conversation with you, the strategy, the can-do attitude, the focus that I see right now is truly inspirational. So keep at it. To everyone who's given reviews to the podcast and shared it on social, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. You're helping spread the message. And uh, together, I think we're going to help bring this economy, this country, our companies forward, and uh, we're really going to uh, recover strong. So until next week, Let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.